0: The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only and solely those of the podcast participants, contributors, and guests, and do not constitute an endorsement by or necessarily represent the views of the Hartford or its affiliates.
1: You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by the Hartford.
0: Welcome back to the Small Biz Ahead podcast. Gene, how are you today? I am doing fine, Elizabeth. Great. So today, Gene, we have a special guest here. I don't know if you've noticed that we have someone else in the studio with yes, us. Yes, <laughs> I see him standing right here in front of me. Okay, his name is Tom Skypeck, and he started a business called Gov Biz Connect, And this is a business that connects small businesses with government contracts. So right after we hear from our sponsor, we're going to get right into it about how your small business can get into government contracting.
1: Do you want to start a business but don't know how to leverage your skills and strengths? Small Biz Ahead has you covered. Our new ebook, Opportunity Knocks: how to find and pursue a business idea that's right for you. will help you determine the best markets for you to start a business in, how to set up a business based on your personality and how to put your ideas into action with a solid business plan. Go to smallbizahead.com and click the link in the show notes to download your free copy today.
0: Okay, we're back. Tom, can you tell us a little bit about your business?
1: Sure, absolutely. Thanks
2: for having me today. So, GovBizConnect is is really a cloud-based platform that connects small and large government contractors for for teaming and joint venturing opportunities. One of the things a lot of folks don't know is that every year, the federal government sets aside about 20% or $100 billion uh, in contracts for small businesses, and this creates an imperative for the large prime contractors to need to find the small companies and What's vice versa. What's a prime versa.
0: contractor?
2: Sure. So a prime contractor uh, is a company that uh, is the primary point of contact and primary executor of a government contractor. So you might think about Lockheed Martin is mm. generally a large prime contractor. Now they could be a subcontractor, but generally um, they're the, the primary accountable company oh, okay. for executing the government work.
0: Okay, so let's get into our question then. This is from Laureen. She does not give us her location, Okay. Um, so we can't stalk her She's online or on anything. Location. <laughs> She's in <it> a <laughs> disclosed location. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Laureen asks: I run a small business that cleans linens for hotels and banquet halls. I have a competitor that gets government contracts for the same type of work. Where do I go to research this?
3: Great question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it kind it of cuts to the heart of what this conversation is
0: Exactly. So we've touched on this topic a little bit in some mm. of our previous podcasts, and we ended up getting a ton of questions about this. So Tom is actually my colleague who also works at the Hartford and runs small, um, sorry, runs, runs GovBizConnect on the side. So that's why we invited him on today to help us answer this question. So Gene, why don't you take it away?
3: So, so let's go with these questions right away. So, Tom, um, I'm a small business owner. I want to do business with the government. Do I? Can I just go onto your website, start doing that today, and bidding on projects? It sounds like it's a little bit more complicated. Yeah. Than that. So, the,
2: the short answer is no. So, well, while the government they buy everything from paper clips and toilet paper to advanced weapon, weaponry to janitorial services, there's a lot of thinking and deliberation. So, a lot of people are inherently kind of. Uh, don't want to pursue the government market because it really is it can be a complex legal exercise but one of the best places to start is to really think about is there a product market fit or service market fit so in the example you're, you're using from the uh, the folk person who submitted the question um, that's definitely a service that the government provides so one good place to go is uh, to, to check your local procurement technical assistance center so now what these are these are uh, government subsidized uh, organizations all throughout the United States and they will sit down and it's all free consultation to sit down and help sort of give you the the initial ins and outs of, of getting government contracts.
3: How do we find that government procurement C- center. I mean, like where I um, sure. I'm from Philadelphia. So do I. Sure. Yeah. So if you um, there's a <laughs> they
0: don't want people in Philadelphia. <laughs> <about that. laughs> no, yeah, trying to get us
2: all out. So, of Philadelphia. so if if people uh, just Google PTAC, PTAC, basically you'll be able to search by geography, and hmm. it will. Uh, there's there's several hundred offices throughout the United States. So there's going to be one uh, nearby, and you just set up a time with the counselor to go in, and you would introduce yourself, explain what your business does, communicate that you're interested in exploring doing government contracts. So so that would be one of the best places to start. So, And I would absolutely start there because there are a lot of what I call sort of these hucksters out there in the government contracting community who will – pay or charge small businesses fees to do what you can get for free. So go to your P-TAC. That's a great free resource. That's so great. that'll help size it up.
0: And we'll um, put that in the show notes.
2: Yeah, yeah, a- absolutely. But back to your, your original question. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of the first point is product market fit, talking with your PTAC. Um, eventually, you do need to get on what's called a contract vehicle. So for, for lack of a better word, it's sort of like a fishing license or a hunting license to be able to buy or sell services to the government. Okay. Um, And so there's a whole suite of contracting vehicles out there. But that's something else that your uh, PTAC counselor could assist with and say for the type of services or products you provide, you may want to look at getting on X or Y vehicles because, yeah.
3: Can you give me an example of what you mean by vehicles?
2: Yeah, so um, let's say, so there's, there's a big vehicle, contracting vehicle, which is it's it's called Alliant in the federal government. And it's sort of a blanket contract to provide IT products and services. I see. So if I'm a small business owner, I would want to get on the Alliant contract vehicle. And that is the equivalent of me getting my fishing or hunting license okay. to then be able to sell and transact business with the government. Got so it. So unfortunately, it's not... A, a matter of having the product market fit and being able to sell directly. And that's where people can get hung up is figuring out which contract vehicle is most appropriate. Does
0: but, the government purposely make this complicated <laughs> or is this just the best way they know how to do it?
2: Yeah. So I think, so there's some folks, there's a lot of different camps on here. There's a lot of opportunity to reform the acquisition process. There's A realization increasingly that especially these innovative firms just do not want to do business with the government there's just no appetite they can make plenty of money just selling in the private sector business to business so going business to government doesn't make sense so there are some programs out there that are trying to streamline and accelerate the process I think one of the things that's uh, uh, interesting is that the demographic shift that's happening right now, we have 10,000 baby boomers retiring every day. So you have a lot of these seasoned veterans that Mm. worked in acquisition. Mm. And so we're actually at a point where... There's new blood coming in the millennial group who are thinking a little bit differently about acquisition. So I think we're kind of in a rare spot where this could happen, but it's going to require some changes in legislation. But the cultural piece, I do think we have an opportunity there.
3: So, Tom, let me so let me go back. So you said that um, I want to sell to the government and my firm say, like, um, I want to provide I.T. training. Okay. Like, yeah. cause that's actually some of the stuff that we do. Yeah. So whether it's, you know, janitorial services, you know, maybe you want to provide landscaping services to the government, you're, you, you know, whatever you, you think, okay, I think I, I might be able to sell my services or my products to the government. So you go to your local PTAC office, you, you face to face, you mm-hmm. should meet with somebody and go Absolutely through what your right. options are. You then want to get on, um, get a recommendation to join some type of contracting vehicle. Yep. So in my case, like you would given, there's you know, the government as a big blanket, acquisition orders for IT services, so perhaps I can maybe get some opportunities there. Yeah. Um, what do I do next? Like, do I have to become like a certified government contractor? Do I have to take an exam? Do I have to right. fill out, applicate, like what, how, what do I do next?
2: Sure, absolutely. So. There are a whole suite of, of certifications. So, so back sort of at the beginning of our discussion, I talked about the $100 billion, give or take, that's set aside each year for small government contractors. Right. There's, that's further segmented into some goals. So women-owned businesses, veteran-owned businesses, economically disadvantaged businesses, that's another area where your PTAC could potentially help you figure out. You, you get these certifications through the Small Business Administration. Mm-hmm. Some of them are self, self-certifications, self but others are a little more rigorous. But that would be something that small businesses would want to take advantage of. And again, some of the common ones are women-owned businesses. Right, minority owned. Owned, a minority-owned. Minority-owned, yeah. Um, and and that's, that's something, again, the Small Business Administration, if you type in uh, small SBA certifications, you'll be able to get a nice overview uh, of all the flavors out there. So that's definitely something that any small business contemplating entering this market would want to do. So back to the person who entered the question, they would want to see which certifications could they right. uh, claim because that's going to help differentiate them in position So there's
3: no certification sort of for being a bald owned business, right? Because <laughs> I, I would qualify for that. All the other ones, I would have no chance. Not
2: yet, but yeah, okay. you, you never know these days. One other resource that's free that I wanted to mention is FedBizOps. So uh, it's uh, F-E-D-B-I-Z-O-P-P-S, and and it's not the most user-friendly website, but Every procurement <laughs> every it's it's a government run and it's every, government every website. yeah and every every solicitation contract that's issued over I think it's about twenty five thousand dollars has to go on that website. Mm. You can do some keyword searches, so again, this goes back to determining that product market fit. You could go in and you could type in janitorial services and just see who's buying, yeah, and you would also be able to see what contract vehicle it's issued on. So it's a really good free resource. Now again, full disclosure, it the interface is kind of looks like it's from nineteen eighty four, but it's it's functional and it will help make you smarter when you're making your judgment of whether this is right for your business.
0: So going back to Laureen's question, how does Lorreen determine ahead of time is if this is even worth doing? Like how does she make that determination like this yeah, I'm going to make enough money to make back the time and the hoops I might potentially have to jump through for this. Is there an easy way to do that?
2: So it's probably a combination of the steps that that we've sort of been discussing to this point. So it would be going on FedBizOps to see okay, there's 30 contracts out there for for whatever it is her business does. The average value linen is cleaning. Linen Cleaning. Mm-hmm. The average contract value is two hundred and fifty K, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, she would need to do that cost benefit analysis and kinda of understand size her market effectively within the government. So Linen Services looks like they contract out, you know, fifteen million year, whatever it is. Right. And how much she thinks she could potentially capture. But don't
3: you think she would I mean do you so you've been doing this for a bit. I mean, sometimes I get the feeling like the system is, like, rigged, you know? Like, <laughs> if Lorena is going to go on and provide, what, linen cleaning is what she does, yeah. and the contracts are out there, Tom, do you think like she's, she's going to run into, like, established companies that are already, they already have had the contracts, or they've already been selling to the government for years, and, you know, have the relationships, and have the whatever. I mean, it's like such a daunting thing for a for a business to first get into.
2: Absolutely. And so you certainly can't discount the personal relationships and the human dynamic. But sort of what we've been doing at BizConnect is trying to help these these companies because the best and quickest way for uh, uh, the linen company that wants to break into the business is to partner with an established company. Mm. So you could have very possibly a large prime contractor that provides a whole suite of services from, let's say, linen cleaning to janitorial services. And within that contract, the, the, the person who submitted the question could partner with that company and provide that service on that contract. So that's why teaming and partnering is so important for the small business because it helps them build their corporate resume essentially.
0: Okay, so that brings us to your business. Can you just give us the background on how you sure. conceived of this business, how you started it, and how you figured out there was a need for this?
2: Yeah, so I I used to live in in D.C., and I worked for a defense contractor, uh, a large defense contractor. And part of my job was business development, trying to win new contracts. So I quickly came to find that, hey, even though we're a big company, we need to partner with some of these smaller organizations. And so I was running a a contract with the Department of State, and it turns out we needed a service-disabled, veteran-owned business that did weapons of mass destruction planning. So pretty specific, these, these don't grow on right? These right. don't grow on trees. And so even though me and my colleagues had, had a network in this space, there was, uh, the, the contract vehicle was a unique one on which it was issued on, which basically meant that the relationships we had, it, it didn't matter because those companies, we, we, couldn't, we couldn't bid. So I was, it was midnight, we were trying to get the proposal out and we still couldn't find out who we're teaming with, which was critical. And uh, we ended up Googling. And I said, there has to be a better way, right? I mean, with data and technology. And so it all goes back to that pain point. And Mm -hmm. I started asking around my colleagues in the company, across the industry, how do you find teaming partners? Is there an easy way? And everybody kind of echoed, no, this is a pain point, but it's something that's, it's a, it's a very niche sort of item, but it is a really acute pain point for a lot of folks. So I said, okay, we're going to build this great database and we're going to overlay it with some social networking features. And so GovBizConnect was born a couple years ago and we did a prototype a beta and we've been following the lean startup methodology with this idea of mm-hmm. spend as little money as possible to create something valuable, test it if your customers like it, then you pl- place a bigger bet. So we've been very, I'd say, fanatical about at each milestone getting a lot of feedback. Mm. What do you like? What do you don't like? What do you want to see? So uh, that's where we are now, and it's it's exciting. We just launched our paid version and uh, had some good meetings actually this week in D.C. with some partners.
3: So that's how you're monetizing it. There's a paid version. Who who pays? Like uh, you know, who subscribes to this?
2: Sure. So small and large businesses. It's a uh, It's a licensing model. So a micro business with like let's say, you know, five folks, they might need a license. Right. Um, larger firms could could need hundreds or even thousands potentially. So yeah, we have various pricing tiers, but it's it's companies right now. So uh, government contractors. Although at some point we do plan to to branch out and sell to the government as well mm-hmm. because uh, they also need to be able to find good qualified companies to route those set asides to. So
3: so let me bring this back. on I, 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 I speak selfishly, and I you know so getting back to you know, I want to provide IT training services to the government. I think that we can do that. Um, it seems to me that the better route for a small business like mine, we have 10 people, um, would be to partner with somebody, right? Like, why don't I already find an IT firm that's already providing these services? And uh, maybe they can subcontract, you know, some of the work out to me, right? I don't have to worry about all the government, you know, all the, you know, yeah. you have to get. So I would come to GovBiz Connect to find that partner, wouldn't I? It's right? correct.
2: Yeah, that's our primary service is facilitating yeah. because over a million companies are registered to actually do business with the government. Hmm. So even if you're the James Bond of networkers, you mm-hmm. just, you're just you not going to have visibility into all those potential partners. James Bond of <laughs> are so, right. so 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 you can, and the example I cited when I was at the State Department, is really specific criteria. So yeah, the GovBizConnect helps make those introductions uh, and facilitate, and we've got some great features in the pipeline Hmm. where we're going to try and um, get into some uh, cultural pieces, employee engagement, because that's another thing. Companies might look good on paper, but there's more to that chemistry piece. And so that's something that we're actively working on solving. And
3: I'm assuming you don't really vet the companies that are on your database right now. It's just the database. So if I did reach out to partner with an IT firm, I don't even know. If they're a good firm, or if they're right, Right. you haven't gotten to that stage yet.
2: Yeah, we again, we definitely have plans in the future to add some some additional due diligence. But yeah, each company would wanna certainly review. Are there any financial, legal, outstanding ri- risks that that should be considered? Because again, company could be great from a technical execution capacity; like they could be the best IT trainers in the world, mm-hmm. but um, maybe their back office is in shambles, or there's an active litigation against them. Right. So those are all the uh, sort of factors you want to consider when you're entering into a partnership as both a prime and a sub, because you really are attached at the hip, and your brand gets intertwined. Right. And if you do that right, it's incredibly powerful. But if it goes sideways, then not so much.
3: I think it's important to remember that a lot of these companies that are doing business with the government, they've gone through all the hoops to get the ability to do business with the government. Um, and they all, no company is has unlimited resources. They're always looking for help. So, you know, if, if your small business can provide a service or a product, that you know an already established government contractor can use. I think that's your doorway in,
2: right? Yeah, and to just add a finer point, so the company I worked at did six billion annually in revenue. So yeah. six billion. Yeah. But huge. we were at the mercy of trying to find this very specific yeah. small business. Yeah. If we couldn't, we couldn't bid on this particular yeah. proposal, which is about ten million. Uh, so, yeah, the system, the way it's structured really creates an imperative both ways. So there's you would think that the, the power is completely skewed to the big guys. No, and that's need, not necessarily the businesses. case. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Now, do the small businesses ever get to be the prime on, on a contract? Sure.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So some of the, the small business set aside some of that. Uh, a hundred billion are exclusive set-asides, which means only a small business could be the prime. But the other point, sort of just pigging back on the the theme here is, If you're trying to break into the government contracting market, the best place is to start by teaming, building your corporate resume, and that sets you up to become a prime contractor. Because one of the requirements for winning contracts is, it's a chicken and egg situation, you need to show your past performance, which is essentially your corporate resume. And so you can help build that by partnering first.
3: Hmm. So, Tom, that was great. So your website, it's govbizconnect.com. Com. com. Yep, okay, correct. Govbizconnect. Go Biz- that's great. And again, if you're a small business like mine and you're looking to get into the government market, rather than having to go through all the hoops and the hurdles to get those certifications, really, you know what Tom's site will do is it will connect you with established companies that are already there and they need you as small businesses. So you can partner with them and hopefully generate some revenue on your own by selling to the government. So thank you, Tom. That was fantastic. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank
0: you, Tom. So remember, we will have all the links we discussed in the show notes. That's PTAC, your contracting vehicle, FedBizOps, and an article by Tom called Should I Become a a Government Contractor? And of course, a link to his website. We will be right back with Gene's word of brilliance.
1: Are you looking for a great idea to start a new business? Well, Small Biz Ahead has 99 of them for you. Our new ebook, 99 New Small Business Ideas, is the first place you should look if you're interested in starting your business. You'll learn about everything from business service industries that could lead to lucrative freelance work, emerging industries such as solar panel installation and professional blogging, and even tech industries that could turn into the next big thing. Head on over to smallbizahead.com and click the link in the show notes to download your free copy today.
0: Okay, we're back with Gene's
3: word of brilliance. Gene, go for it. So I'm going to give a shout out. I guess my word of brilliance is two words today. It's American Airlines, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm actually promoting another company here. Uh, they are, um, I'm a frequent American traveler. And um, I know in the past months that a lot of airlines are, are in the news for um, not such great stuff. Um, and a lot of that is deserved. But American, um, I, I just have to say as a frequent travel, they use Twitter, Elizabeth and Tom, very, very well. These guys are um they have a very active twitter it's at american air and um if you tweeted them they will they will respond to you and they will respond to you pretty quickly um you won't, don't want to be abusive you don't want to troll them that's not the idea there but the social oh, media bit. team well you know, it depends <laughs> on how late your flight is they provide good information they will be responsive they are well trained i think in um at least being professional and courteous because they know that passengers can get pretty disgruntled uh, but but they are an ear and and I've used them um, you know, on certain times to give you information about flights or why is this flight late or, you know, is there a problem there? And they've always been very um, responsive and they know they're being watched. So they'll often say, take me to, let's go to, you know, direct messaging if there's a yeah. specific issue. Um, but they're very, very good. It's a really good example of a customer service organization that is really relying heavily on Twitter, a social media platform yeah, uh, to provide that kind of service. They
0: don't do a lot of self-promotion on Twitter. No. It is 100 customer. I mean, you know, they'll do the occasional, like, here's a picture of one of our. Jetliners yeah. landing and but it's you know, a good somewhere. point because you
3: think of Twitter as being like just a purely a marketing yeah. tool. Uh, but here's an example, and a lot of companies are doing that. And if you're running a small business um, and you provide service, if your audience is on Twitter, as a lot of airline customers are, you you really want to you know really think about using Twitter as a customer service. What do you use tool. Twitter
0: for at the Marks Group?
3: So we use I use it primarily myself personally for the writing that I do. Okay. So the Marks Group, my my audience is small and medium sized business owners. They are not on Twitter at one o'clock in the afternoon. They're running their businesses yeah. for God's sake. Right. But, um, because I do a lot of writing, um, I like to promote the stuff that I write and mm-hmm. I like to share a lot of stuff, um, that I mention, like gov Biz Connect, Tom, right. You know, I'll yep. tweet out something about that, um, and linking back to something that I wrote. So okay. it's more of an informational news feed on small business news and such.
0: Tom, what does, um, gov Biz use Twitter for?
2: Yeah, so Twitter's been sort of a, a, a pleasant surprise for us over the last two years since we launched this. Grabbed all the social media handles, LinkedIn, but Twitter really has been terrific in terms of sharing content, our own content, trying to get exposure, but also what's been most helpful, and I think your conversation alluded to this, is just sharing meaningful content yes. to your audience. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not always sort of promoting gov but uh we've actually had some nice partnership opportunities speaking opportunities and gotten some great exposure and also it's a great avenue for lead generation too so uh i one of the things too a lot of these companies really use it to sort of brand themselves as thought leaders so it's kind of i think there's multi-dimensional benefits i would say and definitely definitely something small businesses should take a look at if it makes sense for them
0: So I am also a frequent American Airlines flyer, and I have noticed that when I tweet at them, they are they get me a response more quickly than if I were to go up to the gate agent.
3: I know. (laughs) I know. I know. I know. And don't even get me going on that. There have been times (laughs) when a flight's delayed and I'm looking for information on it and the gate agents are there they're not there that's a whole other story yeah. and I've tweeted to American and they will provide me the email this yeah. plane is still hasn't arrived yet or it's held up at this airport
0: and for a smaller business like Tom was saying for networking I mean a lot of times when I'm researching an article that we're working on and I want to get a source I will just google them and the first thing that comes up is their twitter handle right. and it's so easy to tweet at someone and people write back immediately yeah, they because them. they want you know they want the media exposure yeah. so the word of brilliance is actually american airlines american but airlines. technically it's twitter today yeah, <laughs> all right i want to thank our guest tom skypeck of gov biz connect and as always gene marks for being here and we'll talk to you in a few days when our next episode comes out thanks
3: tom
1: thanks a lot Thanks for joining Elizabeth and Jean for another edition of the Small Biz Ahead podcast. For the latest on small business trends straight from the small business experts, visit the Hartford Small Biz Ahead. We've got articles, how-tos, and videos to help you run your business more efficiently. Check us out at smallbizahead.com.